Morning. Morning. <clears throat> We're going to talk about something this morning that I think it's pretty much everybody's favorite topic. They love this. Okay, probably not so much. When I throw out the word submission, what's the first thing that comes to your head? I think of wrestling. And somebody's got somebody's ear twisted behind their head, you know, and they're tapping out. Say, okay, that's it, I'm done, that's enough, leave me alone. Or, like, when somebody's working on a horse and they won't stand still, so they take this rope handle thing and put it around their lip and then twist it really hard, and then it freaks the horse out so bad they can't move. They submit to the twitch. And so when we talk about submission at church... That's the first thing I go to. That God's got his boot on my neck. My head is on the ground and I'm saying, okay, that's enough. I'll, I'll give. Uncle. Uncle, that's enough. I, let me learn this lesson. Please, let me up. Um, is it possible that there might be another view? Another way to look at submission? Maybe, maybe another option of what it means to submit? So, when we talk about submission... And you're a man at church, we kind of relax because after we get past the tap out twitch, then we go to Ephesians where it talks about women. And we all know, everybody knows what it says about submission, right? Wives, <clears throat> listen up. Submit to your husbands. Amen. All the men said. Amen. Amen. So the next place we go to submission is that we're all for it, men. Because you wives need to submit. And, and so, wives, what do you think of that? Because I kind of think, okay, I'm in real territory I know nothing about. If I was a wife, I kind of would feel like that horse with the twitch on my lip. That, okay, I'll do it. Not wanting to, but being holy and a, a woman of God, all right, I'll submit. And, and I think even still we're, we're missing what it means to submit. It still has such a negative thing to it. And then the next place I go to submission is thinking about America. And I don't have to submit to anybody. I do what I want to here in America. You're not the boss of me. I'm the commander of my own destiny. I'll decide what I do and where I go and what I eat. Because we're independent. Right? That's part of our culture. We love being independent. Because I don't need anybody. I'm a self-made man. I got myself here on my own and I'll keep myself here. Doesn't that sound like America? Yeah. Alright. So... Let's take our rose-colored glasses off and look back in the mirror. Where does that kind of living get us? That independent, on my own, I'll do what I want to. Where does that take us? What does that provide? Well, <clears throat> usually, if you're successful at that, you know, you've self-made yourself and you've built up an empire, you find yourself alone at the top. For the very few who succeed at that. 
for the rest of us, we find that we've made a mess out of our life because of our own decisions and our own choices to try to uh, get our life in the right place. Or, remember back in the day they used to have magic shows and special feats on TV and there'd be somebody with white china plates and sticks and the guy would spin a plate on a stick which is pretty easy for that guy to keep a, one plate spinning on a stick. Then he adds another plate and he gets it spinning on a stick and he adds another stick with another plate. Now he's got three going, now five, now eight, now nine and he's running in circles keeping all these plates spinning. And he's really, really busy keeping plates spinning on a stick. <laughs> I never really valued plate spinning on a stick, did you? So somebody's spending all their life and all their effort keeping a plate spinning on a stick, which, quite frankly, nobody needs. And isn't that the way I'm so busy doing what I do? Nobody's even stopped to think about the value of what we're doing. Yeah, you're good at it. Boy, you've got 11 plates spinning. Congratulations. Next time I need a plate spun, I'll call you. What I, uh, what I read was, independence is the delusion of a fool. I can do this on my own. No, you really can't. I hate to be the one to break the news to you. Um, we have a creator. You were created. And just like everything that was created, you were created with a purpose. And uh, the best way, <clears throat> there we go, the best way for you to fulfill your purpose, your destiny, is for you to place your trust in the one who created you and put you here in the first place. You have a purpose and a reason why you're here. And the best way for you to accomplish that purpose is for you to submit to the one who made you, to place your trust in him. And so, if we look back in the beginning, why did it all fall apart? Adam and Eve, the whole garden, everything was good. There was one tree. They can eat from anything but one tree. If you think about it, is that really that hard? Don't eat from this one tree. Everything else is okay, just this one thing. What was the issue? Well, Adam and Eve stopped listening to God and submitting to what he said and instead did their own thing. They chose something different than God. Um, most, not all, most of our problems come from a refusal to listen to and submit yourself to God and what God has told you to do and what He's not told you to do. Most of our problems come from that. Because we don't follow the owner's manual and the instructions that God has given us. Instead, we choose to go off on our own. The problem is that we let go of God. And if you would uh, rethink your world and your situations, many, most, maybe, of your problems would go away. What kind of problems do you have? Well, my family's blown up. My finances are blown up. 
My future's blown up. I, I can't keep my plate spinning. I'm overwhelmed by life. I don't know which way to turn. I'm angry all the time. I'm bitter all the time. I worry like crazy. If you'd rethink the way you live and the decisions you make and the things you do and the things you don't do and submit that back to God, many of those things would go away. And um, fast-talking Jim out at Flatiron said this, Nothing is going to change in the future, at least for the better, until you begin submitting yourself to what God says is right and true. So you all know the definition of insanity, right? We all have heard that. Repeating the same thing over and over and then expecting a different outcome. <laughs> and boy, doesn't that describe many of us? We keep going back to the same thing. I'm going to get this right this time. It's going to be different this time. I've got it right this time, finally. It's kind of like Rubik's Cube. Some of you really smart people can whip that right out and do it. Other people like me, I gave up. I peeled the stickers off and put them in the right place. <laughs> but those of you, you know, you know those games, the video games where you have to go through this scenario of events to get to the end. Most of us live life that same way. Reset. Okay, I'm going to, oh, that's right, I turn left here, then I jump over this, and I go under here, and then, oh, I missed that part. Okay, I go through here, and I turn left, and I jump over this. It's the way most of us live our life, of repeating the same bad choices, bad decisions, doing the same things over and over. And nothing is going to change in the future, at least for the better, until you begin submitting yourself to what God says is right and true. In Proverbs 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Is it possible that God, the creator of the universe, knows more about how things should work and the way things work than you do? I know. It's a hard thing to, to, to get your head around. That God might know more than you. And because of that, he's smarter than you. Now, it's not just because God is smarter than you should, that you should trust in him. He also loves you. So let's see, he knows what's best for you, and he loves you. And our response should be, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. See, I... It's something in our nature, isn't it? That we try to figure things out, the way things work. Well, she said this to me, and last time I did this, and that didn't work well at all. So this time when she says this to me, I'm going to do this. Oh, that didn't work either. All right, this didn't work, and this didn't work, so let me try this. This will work this time. Isn't that how we do? Trying to figure out the puzzle, the Rubik's Cube of life. I'm going to get it right next, next time. I'm going to get it right. We, I can figure this out. But instead of leaning on our own understanding, we're in all our ways to submit to him. Not because God has a twitch on our nose. Or because he's bent our arm behind our head and we can't take it anymore. We don't submit to God 
because uh, he has us in a chokehold. We submit to God because we trust him. And he will make your path straight. I love verses with the promise, don't you? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. And my paths get straight. Now, I don't know that this word straight means that it's like a string, you know, like I-70 in Kansas, that kind of straight. I think it's more like when there's no path and you have to step over rocks and bricks and roots and there's potholes, I think it's more of a straight, like level, like a road, as opposed to walking through a field. He will make your path straight. place where you can get good footing. Now, most of us are familiar with those verses. We know Proverbs 3, uh, verse 5 and 6. But I also want to go on to verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Lean on your own understanding. I got this. I know what to do. It seems, especially at church... We spend all of our time teaching things of the Bible and the way things work, right? These are the precepts and the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And you you turn the lever this way and push the button here, click your heels three times, and you're back home. Poof. Isn't that what we've turned God into? I know the right thing. Let's see. So if I give 10% of my money to the church, and then I'm going to support a couple of orphans, and and I'm going to rescue a puppy then God will bless my bank account and it will overflow. Isn't that what we've done to the kingdom of heaven? Turned it into principles and precepts of how to live to please God. Oops, I said the bad word. Now I'm probably going to get a cold next week. Uh, Sorry, that's not the way it works. Don't be wise in your own eyes you're not going to figure this out. Okay? I don't mean this critical of you. What I'm saying is, look where that's got you in the past. The way you've figured things out. Now, the really bad news about that, sometimes it works for you when you try to figure it out. That's the really bad news. Because when you try to figure it out on your own and it works, then you think, I got this. But you don't got this. You need Jesus every minute of every day. And the few times that it does work out well and you think, okay, I'm on my own now, that's called godlessness, right? You're living life on your own. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Now, we'll dig into that a little bit more. Fear the Lord, shun evil. So when we trust in the Lord with all our heart, when we lean not on our understanding, when we submit to Him, when we're not wise in our own eyes, He makes our path straight and He brings health to our body and nourishment to our bones. I didn't write this promise. This is from God. If you'll submit to Him, if you'll lean not on your own understanding, He'll make you healthy. Okay, so don't go to the other side of this to say that if you're not healthy, it means you're not submitting. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is what it says right here. He will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. That doesn't mean 
that you can compare yourself to somebody else to say, I'm more healthy than them. Just means you will have health and nourishment in your bones. By trusting in Him. Your life will be better when you trust in God. Submission to the one who created you is the gateway to maturity. Think of little kids. And when they have to share a toy. What's their first response? <coughs> to grip it very tightly. To yank it close to their heart. And to say, mine! Right? Little kids love to do that. Because they're not mature. Submitting to God is a sign of maturity. Matthew seven fourteen. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Submission. There aren't many people on this path. There's a lot of people who are learning the precepts of the Bible and applying them to their life. And I can tell you that if you take the precepts of the Bible and apply them to your life, many of them will work out well for you and you'll live a better life. Like how to raise kids and how to manage your money. You can take those principles from the Bible and do that. And things will get better for a while. It won't provide life and freedom. But if you want to be mature, a grown-up, an adult, the pathway, the gateway to that is through submission. Submitting to God. But submission makes me weak and docile, right? I'm gelded. I just stand around with my head down waiting for the next command. I don't want to be that way. Well, all right. No, submission does not make me weak. It makes me strong. Let's think of the horse. Think of the untrained horse that's in the pasture. What good is he? He can turn grass into something else, and that's about it. Fertilizer to make more grass. What good is an untrained horse? They're dangerous. They have no purpose. They're a waste. But if you take that same horse and train him, we say that a well-trained horse is submissive. He submits to the bit and the spur, to the rider's cues. And then he becomes extremely powerful and under control and good for much. Right? A trained horse. Now, I hate to compare you to a horse, but why not? It could be worse. Unsubmitted to God, what good are you for the kingdom? Turning grass into something else, I suppose. No real value. Like spinning plates on a stick. Who needs that? Congratulations, you kept one more plate spinning. No purpose, no value. I also, any time we bring something up like this, you always have to look for other examples. And who's the best example of submission? I could bring Jesus. Was he weak and docile? No. Strength 
Under control? Yes. Oh, I don't want to go to the cross, God. But I will. And he did. Strength? Control? So you were created by a purpose for God. And you have purposes that you need to fill on this earth. And there are purposes that you have in your life that no one else can do. Some of you are called dad. No one else in the world can take your role of dad. Some of you are called mom. No one else can take that role. Some of you are teachers and coaches and workers and bosses and all of these kind of things. Some of you are light and salt to the world. Nobody else can do what you can do. You were created for a purpose by God and you will not be able to complete that purpose until you are submitted to your creator. Now here's where it starts getting hard. Because pretty much all of us are comfortable doing things the way we like to do things. And I have to confess that for many years, um, there are several things in my life that God and I agree about. And so I do those things. And then there were all those things where God didn't quite have it right. And I did it my way. Right? And we call that obedience to God. Because I do most of what God says because I happen to agree with God. But those other things where I disagree with God, I'm doing it my way. You see the problem with that, that's not submission. That's just God and I happen to agree on a few things. So I do what he said. Well, actually, I do what I said, but he's okay with that. You see the problem there? That's not submission at all, is it? And so these things that I don't agree with God on, these things that I don't understand why God would say so, that's where the rubber meets the road. And it takes courage to submit to God and do what he says when you don't fully understand or know why you should do it. It takes courage to submit to God. <laughs> you see, this world is constantly changing and the values and socially acceptable things of this world keep changing. And it's normal for us to go along with the rest of society and continue to change and morph our ideas and our beliefs. Right? So we can talk about Pastor Saeed today we can talk about over in Iran. It is socially unacceptable to be a Christian in Iran. It's illegal to talk to somebody else about Jesus in Iran. So it takes a lot of courage to be submissive to God in Iran. You might end up in prison. Okay, so that's, that's way over there and hard. Now let's come back here. Let's say you have a Facebook account. And let's say that you agree with God about the biblical uh, uh, stance of marriage of being between one man and one woman, and you put that on Facebook. You know what happens next? You get tarred and feathered in the Facebook kingdom. It takes courage to submit, doesn't it? So everything around us will change. But God's word won't change. And if we're going to submit to God's word, speaking the truth in love, fully grace, fully truth, then it's, it's scary. Emotions change, opinions change, social norms change, politics change, but God doesn't change. 
And his word doesn't change. And neither does his definition of what is good and what is bad. They don't change. And what he says is better than what the world comes up with or what you would come up with on your own. Now see, you may disagree with God on certain things. Okay. It's all right for you to disagree with God. He can take it. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then the next step is we have to submit to him and say, I'm going to do this anyway, even though I don't fully understand. So many of us have come to this point of saying, this is going to be hard. So I'm out. It's not worth it. It's just easier for me to sit down and let someone else make the hard decisions. Let someone else deal with the problem. Let someone else take care of a situation. We all know that's called being irresponsible. When someone else has to come in and do the job that's mine. So submission, being, when we are not submissive, it also means we're being irresponsible. And many of us will come to Jesus accepting the salvation, being washed white as snow, having our sins forgiven, and then sitting here and waiting for the the heaven bus to come and pick us up and take us on someday in the future. Because this is just too hard. So I'm out. But a mature follower of Jesus has a responsibility and the expectation to have courage to do and say what needs to be done and said. As a submitted follower of Jesus Christ, there are things that he's calling me to do and say that I, I need to do and say. Um... So let's take a look at an example. Again, I stole this from Fast Talking Jim. Let's say we have God, and we have a dad, and we have a son. So would you say that the dad knows more about the way of the world than the son, the three-year-old son? The 30-year-old dad knows more than the three-year-old son. And God, the creator of the universe, knows more than the 30-year-old dad. Okay? So we got this thing going here. Now, the, uh, the son, the three-year-old, is playing in the yard and he wants to run out in the street and play. And the dad says, Stop! And the three-year-old has a decision to make. Will he submit to his father or will he run into the street? Now, the son, the three-year-old, doesn't understand the dangers of the street. He doesn't know that if the car hits him in the street, he's going to lose. The dad knows that. So the dad is telling the son, don't go on the street. Now, the dad might discipline or punish the son for not listening to him, right? So that the next time when there is a car coming, the son will know to stop. So if you ask the son, why did you obey your dad? Because I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to be punished. Now you would hope over time as this three-year-old grows that the fear of punishment would be replaced with the trust of his father. Dad said, stop, so I'm going to stop. I don't know why. What's going on, Dad? You would hope as this boy grows older and older, the trust in his father grows deeper and deeper, and he no longer is afraid of being punished, but he is now uh, trusting his father. Now, it's the same case with the 30-year-old dad and God. 
The 30-year-old dad might obey God because he doesn't want to be punished, which is an acceptable place to start. I'm just afraid of being punished. So I won't do the wrong thing because I don't want to suffer the consequences of that. But over time, as this 30-year-old man matures in God, he starts to trust the heart of his father to obey him because he trusts him, not out of fear. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not the fear that God is going to beat me up. Fearing God being the beginning of wisdom is because I trust his heart, and I know he has my best interest. So we submit to God because we know his heart. He loves me. And if he says, this is bad for me, and even though I don't understand or know why, it's bad for me. So I won't do it. Someday, maybe I'll understand why it's bad for me. But it's not a requirement for me to obey his commands. I don't have to understand first. Right? That's what submission means. <laughs> and it takes great courage to submit. Because I just don't know what's going to happen. I haven't seen this. My experience says this, but God says this. Okay, God, I'm with you. So, do you have the courage to submit? It's really what it comes down to. It's courage. What kind of a person do you want to be? If you don't have the courage to submit, it means this. You're just not a mature follower of Jesus. I don't care how long you've been coming to church or what you've been up to. If you don't have the courage to submit, it means you're not a mature follower of Jesus. I'm not calling you names. I'm helping you do an honest evaluation of where you're at. So, the dad tells the son, don't run in the street. And the son says, no! And, you know the little three-year-old playing around like that when they talk back to their dad like that it's kind of cute and funny a little bit especially when it's not your kid they're talking and they're not talking to you and we all kind of smile and say oh look at that isn't that cute and and that's kind of fun but if that three-year-old is now 13 and he acts that same way it's not cute anymore is it and if he's 33 and acts that way and you call him dad it's not funny at all. Or if he's 63 and you call him your husband and he's still screaming no like that, all the cuteness is gone. <laughs> it's not fun at all. You see, something that a little kid can get away with is not something that a mature adult can get away with. It's just not fun. So God says, Tony, I want you to go do this. And I say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm acting like a three-year-old. And there are people under my care and protection that need me to act like an adult, not like a three-year-old. And there are people under your care and protection that need you to act like an adult, not like a three-year-old. It's not cute. It's not fun. Um, Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord does not mean that we duck. You know what that means? It's like when I'm driving the car and the kids won't be quiet and so I swing my arm around like this and they duck so they don't get hit. It makes you a smart kid. It doesn't make you submissive, right? And so being the fear of the Lord doesn't mean that you've just learned to duck. God says something and I uh, miss me. It means that I'm going to trust what God says to do because I trust God. Because the creator of the universe knows more about this universe than I do. Because he's smarter than me. And he loves me. So I trust what God says to do because I trust God. It's our value number one, right? Biblical authority. We believe that God's word is the right thing for us to lean into. Leaning into God's word and God's revelation, not into my own understanding. Fear of the Lord is what a wise person does. It's fools who tell God no. It's fools who say, I'm not sure about that. It's fools who sit down when they should get up. It's fools who shut up when they should speak. It's fools who speak when they should shut up. Fear the Lord is what a wise person does. A fool lets go of what God says and does his own thing. It's foolish to do your own thing. It's a foolish way to live. Now, what uh, if your life was a whole series of rooms or compartments or areas... Chances are, since you're here, there's at least some of those areas that you have submitted to God. And you're fully submitted to Him. And chances are, there's some areas where you're kind of holding back. This is mine. Um, So if I were to ask you, what areas of your life have you not submitted to God? Some of you sitting right here already know the answer. Boom. It's this. I've not submitted this to God. I'm keeping it on my own. Some of us aren't real sure what we've submitted to or what we have not submitted. We think we're there. We're kind of deceived in that area. So, I have some homework for you. You'll love this. Or maybe not. But we'll find out how courageous you are. I encourage you to find someone you love and trust. Someone who knows you well. And I encourage you to ask this question. Are there any areas of my life that are not submitted to God? Hang on. Wait for the answer. Might shock you, might surprise you, I don't know. But are there any areas that aren't submitted to God? Chances are, there are, right? I hope not. I hope there aren't any. And I hope if they are unsubmitted to God, it's just for short bursts of time. That it's not a real pattern. This is a question for you and God and for someone you love deeply. Someone that you can ask. Now, I know some of you, this is going to be really hard to do. It's a scary thing to expose yourself and ask somebody. And so, 
Are you a mature follower of Jesus? Are you courageous? Are you willing to submit to God? Not because He's got your arm bent behind your head, but as a mature follower of Jesus, someone who's able to say, no, I, I submit. I surrender all. I submit. Not making you weak, but making you strong. Jesus, um, we love you. You are our king. And as a result, we place everything about ourselves under your control and under your authority. Jesus, we come to you now to ask that you would reveal to us any areas of our life that we have not submitted. If there's any part of my heart that remains unsubmitted to you, God, reveal it to me. Don't let me rest. Don't let it work. I don't want it to I don't want to succeed on my own, but only through you, Jesus. Uh, give us courage. Send us to the right person to ask if there's any area of our life that's not submitted to you, Jesus. And when we discover those areas, may we submit them to you fully and completely. Complying with your love, seeking your guidance and revelation and wisdom in all areas of our life. So that we can achieve the purposes that you have called us into. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.